0: I think when we're going unconscious and just kind of winging it, I think we're missing huge opportunities for growth and huge opportunities to, to maximize our potential. And so it's just kind of like, you know, the athlete that didn't go to their lessons or miss practice, but they like go out on game day. It's like, man, like what a miss. Right. And I think most athletes wouldn't do that. (laughs) I've noticed in my practice, I'm like, athletes never miss practices, their lessons They're They love the physical I think the mental's uncomfortable and I think it's invisible. I think everyone can see you set (laughs) and and spike on the court and everyone sees you up to bat, but no one really knows what's happening up here. And so I think, yeah, I think for athletes that aren't connecting the dots and aren't putting in the time or investing in the mental game, it's just, it's just a big miss. And I think if you really care about your sport, you understand that this is, this is key to the physical. We don't operate in vacuums, right?
1: Hey there, we're Christina and Brianne, and one of our greatest passions is enabling female athletes to uncover their greatness, allowing them to break free from their limitations and achieve their biggest dreams. As expert coaches and confidence and mindset educators, we created the Elite Competitor to enable moms and coaches to build lifelong confidence, resilience, and elite performance. Think of this as your weekly dose of inspiration where you'll feel enabled with proven strategies, real life stories, and transformative lessons. Welcome to the Elite Competitor Podcast. Hey moms, today's guest, Katie Cheadle, is a mindfulness-based therapist and performance coach working with high performing individuals, teams and organizations across the globe. I am super excited to have Katie on the podcast not only for the wealth of information that she provides for us, but also because she is a former collegiate athlete. So, she gets it and she understands the mental pressure that athletes are under. She understands how they are navigating anxiety and nerves and trying to be their best while also competing with some of these negative thoughts that are going on. So, She is understanding where your daughter is coming from and how you can also help. So in this episode, we specifically talked about mindfulness and how important it is to an athlete's performance. So we chatted about what that is, and no, it's not just sitting around for hours on end. We also talked about how mindfulness can help your athlete's performance and how a lack of mindfulness can actually hinder it. And we also go into examples of really easy mindfulness practices that your athlete can start and how you can support her. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing Katie. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the Elite Competitor Podcast. Hi, Brianne. So excited to be here. Yeah, I am super pumped to have you. I didn't first off realize that you were a high-level athlete and <laughs> you played softball at Cal. So go ahead and give us a little background about who you are, what you do, and yeah, let's start there.
0: Yeah, my journey definitely started as an athlete, I competitive softball player, and I was really obsessed. My dad actually got me interested in psychology, but I was really obsessed with the mental game and how you know, we're all at, at at some point, we're all pretty good on the field, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're getting recruited, and you're playing travel ball. But what was, you know, sets people apart is the mental game. So I was, I was reading like everything I could get my hands on. I remember the first book I read was thinking body dancing mind. And it was all about like mindfulness and and these like Eastern philosophies that athletes were adopting. And then I ended up getting recruited and I played at University of Georgia my freshman year, had a pretty brutal injury and transferred to UC Berkeley Cal, which is where I finished my softball career. And I think going through an injury, too, is really difficult and really challenges your mental health and challenges your resilience and I think that's difficult for an athlete especially when your identity is so wrapped around being an athlete which mine absolutely was and then yeah I, I ended up after graduating I got into human resources and I quickly realized that working in corporate America there's so much similarity and overlap to the athlete experience you are under pressure there's you're, you're trying to get the promotion you're, you're trying to perform your best you're, you're there's all this like energy and people are so anxious and so overworked and so stressed. And I ended up going and getting my master's in clinical psychology with an emphasis on mindfulness and performance. And I sit up in a private practice where I work with a lot of athletes, but also a lot of individuals in the professional world who just want to level up and understand that mindset of mental health is key to do that. So that's that's a little bit about my journey. But I yeah, great, excited to talk about all of this today.
1: Yeah. That's so awesome. Like you are speaking our language because we have moms of athletes in our community, but the moms of the athletes who we work with are also high performers. And a lot of them are former athletes and, you know, they hold high positions of leadership and are really in, into personal development. So yeah, you're speaking our language for sure.
0: Yes. I love that. And I think there's, you know, I think historically there was this idea that to perform at a high level, like so many sacrifices had to be made. And like, you work these long hours and like, maybe your relationships would suffer. Like you wouldn't spend as much time with the kids. And I think, yes, in any, just, you know, in any life choice, we do have to make some sacrifices and sometimes something's got to give, but emotional wellness and mental health actually enhances our performance. It's not the opposite. So I love that we're making this shift in the world today.
1: Yeah. Oh yes. So huge. And that's been a, you know, in my own personal life, such a aha, because as you know, there is a, the athlete mind is like the grind is where it's at. And, you know, we just kind of carry that onto our professional lives too. And I'm like, I don't know if this is totally where it's at. Like, we also have to balance this with like being present and, you know, managing our priorities, all, all of those yes, things.
0: Yes. I love that. I saw on Instagram recently, someone talked about the mindful grind and I'm like, I love that because yes, we have to work hard, but we can do it consciously. Right. right. And not just like, you know, push ourselves, push ourselves, push ourselves. And then we, we burn out or we overwork it. So yeah, I love that. The mindful grind.
1: Oh, I haven't heard that. That's perfect. <laughs> Whoa. Well, Let's get it. I know that mindfulness is something you are not only passionate about, but very, you know, experienced in and trained in. So can you just tell us when, you know, when we say mindfulness, what exactly does that mean?
0: Yeah, it's I think in the most simple terms, it's being present, being right here, right now, noticing what thoughts might be coming up. Like what emotions you might be experiencing, what physical sensations, and then practicing non judgment around it. I know sometimes if you're like me, it's like, okay, it can be really mindful, but then I'm like, Katie, you shouldn't be thinking that. Like, you know, then I start judging it. But the true practice of mindfulness is being present mm-hmm. with non judgment. And mindfulness is so important for our mental health because a lot of times our brain is somewhere else. We're thinking about something someone said to us at school, or we're thinking about a meeting that didn't go the right way, or we're thinking about, oh my gosh, I have to do this tomorrow and this tomorrow. And in the meantime, we are filling our, our, our body with cortisol. We're getting stressed out. We're anxious. We're missing moments with our children. We're missing moments with our husband or spouse in like this Mm -hmm. present moment. And we end up feeling depressed anxious. It's like, you know, it's the root of a lot of our mental health issues. And so mindfulness is really, I think it's the juice. It's where the joy is. It's where, you know, it's where we can perform our best, but it's also where we feel our best is in this present moment. So I think mindfulness is, is at the root of high performance, but of course our mental health as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's great. And obviously we know that this is important for everybody, but let's Let's dive into kind of the two different aspects that, that we work with in our community. So we have the athletes themselves, and we also have the moms and and the parents. So let's first talk about athletes and why is it important for athletes to have a mindfulness practice or be aware of their thoughts and be in the present moment. How can that benefit? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, from a high performance perspective, we can only excel. We can only get into flow state when we are present. And I'm sure anyone who's had like an amazing game or thinks about these moments, they're like, "Oh my god! I like lost track of like time and space. I was so present, right? They did. We probably didn't hear anyone in the stands, right? You just like are so in the moment. So, if we can practice. That doesn't happen by accident. I think whatever athletes are like, oh, it's crazy, Katie. Like this happened. It's like, so what did we do to get there? Because it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen magically. And so I think the more that we can practice mindfulness. And I remember one of my favorite coaches always said, like, be where your cleats are. You know, you know, Mm -hmm. be where your cleats are. Like, look down at your feet, feel the dirt, be right here, right now. I think the more we can practice mindfulness, and the more likely it's going to happen on game day. And I think there's cool ways that athletes can practice it. You know. Having a ritual or a routine that brings you into the present moment, you know, like actually like wow. touching, like tying your cleats to your tennis shoes and being like, okay, I'm here right now or focusing on your breath, coming back to an affirmation or an anchor that brings you into the present moment. So you're not, you know, getting so heady about your technique or the next game or what coach mm-hmm. is thinking, or maybe what mom and dad are thinking in the stands, or if you're getting recruited and, you know, it's like really kind of coming back to the moment. And then athletes should be practicing this in their personal lives too, right? Because again, the more they do this at school and at home, then the more likely it's going to translate to to the field or the court. So yeah, huge when it comes to high performance, because we can only perform our best when we're like
1: right here in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you said it, you said it before that, well, maybe this was offline. I can't remember at this point. I was so in the present moment, Katie, that I don't... <laughs> I'm just We're right here. So
0: mindful, Brienne. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know, when it especially when we get to a point with athletes where, you know, s- skill is similar, maybe. And and you know, they're they're high performing and they're, you know, on top top teams. And it is not really usually it's actually not the skill that separates athletes. It's their ability to get to that flow state and stay in it, especially when mistakes happen or coach does something that throws them off. And so yeah, so important. But, yeah, so so key. Okay. And so the the inverse of this, you know, for athletes who don't have a, any sort of like grounding techniques or they're not practicing, you know, any sort of mental strength in this area. What are the implications of that? You know, they just go out and play like what's wrong with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, I think when we're going unconscious and just kind of winging it, I think we're missing huge opportunities for like growth and huge opportunities to, to maximize our potential. And so it's just kind of like, you know, the athlete that didn't go to their lessons or miss practice, but they like mm-hmm. go out on game day. It's like, man, like what a miss. Right. And I think most athletes wouldn't do that. <laughs> I've noticed in my practice, I'm like, athletes never miss practices, their lessons They're They love the physical. I think the mental's uncomfortable. And I think it's invisible. I think everyone can see you set. <laughs> Spike on the court and everyone sees you up to bat, but no one really knows what's happening up here. And so I think, yeah, I think for athletes that aren't connecting the dots and aren't putting in the time or investing in the mental game, it's just, it's just a big miss. And I think if you really care about your sport, you understand that this is, this is key to the physical. We don't operate in vacuums, right? Like if my right. physical body's not doing well, my mental health's probably not very, you know, doing very good and vice versa. And so I think really acknowledging the holistic, you know, athlete is, is huge for coaches, parents. And then as the athlete themselves, really noticing, like, how am I feeling? How's my mental health? Am I practicing mindfulness? Have I visualized? Okay. Yeah. And let me go get my reps and let me work on my technique, but all of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that reminds me in our programs, we teach, you know, that in order to have elite performance or play to potential, we have to have three things. It's knowledge of the sport, physical training and mental training. And usually the first two are like we got that. Like we're, yeah, we're going no. to practice. <laughs> we're good. But we say it's like a multiplication problem and they all multiply each other. So when the physical part increases, everything else increases. Yeah. When the mental training increases, mindfulness, then the physical training increases, knowledge of the sport, like you start getting better. But that if any one of them is at a zero, just like any multiplication problem, the whole thing is at a zero and we cannot reach potential. So I love that. So good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what are some examples on the athlete side? You mentioned a few things, but what are, what are some practices that kind of give athletes the most bang for their buck?
0: Mm, yeah, I think I, I I'm such a fan of breath work. So I think proactively in the morning, like doing 10 deep belly breaths or maybe doing box breathing, having a breath work practice is huge because in that moment where the game's on the line, you, you're, your body's just doing what it does. And so it is mm-hmm. like, if you have trained it to, in these moments to like, be able to connect to your breath, it'll slow down your nervous system. And you're going to be so much more likely to, to, to be able to operate physically. I think if you don't <laughs> practice breathing and you're mm-hmm. up to bat with the bases loaded, your heart's going to be beating fast and you know, you should take a deep breath. you haven't practiced taking the deep breath, you know? And so I think practicing that is, is huge. So I think that's big bang for your buck with breath work. It has, you know, so many, so many effects physically and mentally. And then I think anything you can do to kind of come into your senses, I think that's the easiest way for us to practice mindfulness. And so one of, you know, one of the best grounding practices is just like the five, four, three, two, one, right? Like noticing like five things you see, four things you hear and kind of going through the sensory experience, which also from a mental health perspective, that is the number one intervention when it comes to managing panic attacks. So this, this works for people when we're like very keyed up to kind of come into our physical body.
1: Yeah, that's great. Actually, my next question was around anxiety, because I i don't know, you probably are seeing this too, but I'm seeing more and more athletes who struggle with anxiety, not just like the normal nerves and anxiousness before a game like that is actually useful to the point where they are having panic attacks, and they're feeling like they can't perform and they can't think straight. So can you speak to that? And, and, you know, if you're seeing that and what's helpful to help with that.
0: Yeah. There's been a huge spike in one, even just like, I think language matters, like Mm -hmm. communication matters. And I think there's been a huge spike in just us as a society and a culture using the word anxiety. And there's a Mm -hmm. part of me that thinks that is so awesome because we're acknowledging mental health issues. But then there's another part of me that's like, we're misusing the word anxiety because we're actually just stressed. And a little stress is good. And a little stress is part of being human. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think, what, you know, and Brienne, you just, you know, shed light on this. I think what we need to acknowledge versus an athlete and as parents is, is this normal stress? Like she's a little nervous because she might lose her position and she's got to compete at practice. Like, dang, there's something on the line or is she a little stressed because she hasn't studied and it's a big test tomorrow. So she procrastinated like stress, right? Mm-hmm. Anxiety. Like if we're actually talking about like generalized anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. it is, it can be debilitating. It is, You you know, things that normally would be day to day, like a practice, like let's say you're a volleyball player, you're a junior in high school, you've been playing volleyball since you were in second grade, whatever. You're like getting super nervous about practice and you have ruminating or intrusive thoughts about going to college and if you're still going to be good and if your teammates Mm -hmm. like Ooh, that is anxiety. And I, I do think Brianne, like I've seen a huge spike in that. And I think social media is part of it. I think mm-hmm. there's just a lot of stress on our young athletes. And so I think anxiety with athletes is huge and it's real and it's, it, it's so difficult and we need to, you know, have tools to work on that. But I also want to acknowledge that some stress is good. And I think we use mm-hmm. stress and anxiety interchangeably, but they're actually you know quite different.
1: Yeah, no. Exactly. And So I think, yeah, awareness around the differences there. And you gave a great example, you know, those ruminating thoughts and, and things that just like, can't go away from the parent perspective. What should parents be looking for as far as, you know, this is normal stress that like, okay, we're going to work through this and we've got tools and this is anxiety where we might need some, a different intervention.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think when I, you and I are both parents, but I think parenting is just a freaking hard job. So before oh, I yeah. answer this, I don't want anyone to like eye roll or be like, oh, okay. You don't like, it is yeah. so hard. And so I think, mm-hmm. I think one of the best things, the best advice I can ever give is just like for parents to be really curious about mm-hmm. their child's, their athletes experience. So like mm-hmm. really curious, ask questions, don't jump to conclusions and allow your athlete to kind of understand what's going on. And I think, you know, when you're noticing that it's, Stress. Like, yes, there's a lot on the line at practice right now. You're competing a lot or like, yeah, like it's junior year and your grades matter. Like, yes. Like, and yeah. it's figuring out how to support them and managing their stress and maybe jumping in if they, if the kid needs it of like, okay, how can we help with time management? How can we, how can we like, you know, help you to move through this? You're resilient. You got this. Sometimes life is hard, but you have all the skills and just helping your athlete feel resourced. I think Mm -hmm. when our mental health goes to a darker place, we usually lose that sense of hope and we're like, we feel overwhelmed and we don't, we don't remember how resourced we are. And so I know when I'm in it, it's so nice for my partner or like a friend or my mom to be like, Katie, you have all the tools and kind of be like, okay, I got this. Right. So I think as parents, you can help your kid with that when they're dealing with stress. I think if it's anxiety, Mm -hmm. I think. I think supporting them and loving them, but then trying to get them outside help is really important because mm-hmm. that's that that's when we need a mental health professional to really, to really help them when the thoughts can be invasive and it can just, it can really be overwhelming and it can stop you from operating in like the day-to-day tasks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great distinction. You know, the, the day-to-day tasks too. I think that's like huge red yeah. flag.
0: Right, yeah, like Bree, I think if you and I were to like, go and talk to a group of like a thousand parents we would be so freaking nervous and be like oh my god like I hope I'm prepared I hope I like I'm not going to mess up my words I hope my outfit looks cute like oh my gosh like we would feel that is normal but I think if you're gonna go and you just told me you know you coach a competitive volleyball team and I've like you know I see clients every day you start to speak out and like you know really catastrophize all the things that could that's anxiety so I think really being able to notice like what is a usual day-to-day task that I might be catastrophizing or ruminating on and then what is like very normal you know nerves which mm-hmm. would be like us talking you know us talking to a huge group of people
1: yeah yeah which is like yeah our, our body's normal response to that like we need act. we actually need that, need that. It's helpful. So, mm-hmm. yeah yeah Great. Okay. We're kind of shifting in this direction. So let's, let's shift to the moms because we have moms listening to this podcast, all moms of female athletes. And so how can a mindfulness practice benefit them in helping to support their athlete daughters?
0: Yeah, I think mindfulness when it comes to parenting and supporting your athletes Mm -hmm. is so key because it allows you to respond versus react, right? And I think as parents, like we can be so reactive when we're like, had it up to here with them, or maybe we're like, to disagree with something the coach is doing, or we just paid, like we paid our dues to be on this travel ball team, and we pay for all the lessons, and then our kids striking out, or they're not doing what they practice. It's like, we, we can, you know, we can go to zero to one hundred, right? So I think mindfulness is so beautiful for parents because it allows you to slow down and like operate. Differently, and I think there's so much power in the pause, right? Like being able to take a pause and be like, "Okay, like my daughter's name's Logan. Okay, Logan sucked on the field today. That wasn't pretty. Ooh, Katie, I'm noticing. I'm a little embarrassed as her mom. Even oh my, I'm I'm also pissed because you know how much I just paid and how many sacrifices I made this week to take her there. Like you can really get curious about your own thoughts, your own emotions, and and again, no judgment. Like we're human. We have these thoughts, right. but then. I can take that deep breath and be like, low, babe, like what's, what's going on out there? Like, how are you feeling? And, and be curious about her experience. And I think that is where I see mindfulness just being so beneficial for parents because it it just gives us that pause where we can like, you know, really differentiate, like what's my stuff (laughs) and my emotional experience and like what's going on for my girl.
1: Mm, Yeah, I love that. We always say that. You know, parents have two kind of big things that are in their control. They shape the environment for their athlete daughters and they provide the opportunities and shaping the environment is exactly what you said, how you respond, you know, your, your Uh, thoughts about yourself, what you say out loud about yourself, what you say to your daughter and then provide the opportunities, meaning like the skills so that she can have a strong mental game and she knows how to manage stress and nerves and anxiety and all that. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So so great, and so that's why you know sometimes we think like okay, it's all it's all her. She needs to do all of it, but like, oh man,
0: (laughs) like oh for sure. You know, we
1: we also have a responsibility here. I I wouldn't say responsibility, but it almost in in my perspective, it kind of takes some of the the weight off. It's like you don't have to actually change your daughter; like you can change your response, and that actually goes a long way. Oh,
0: so so long, yes, and I think. And it just, again, like curiosity, like I can't overstate it, like being curious, like is ask questions, like, what was that like for you? Like, you know, Hey, it seems like your body language was weird in the third inning. Like what was, what was going through your head? And that even teaches your daughter to be mindful of like, what was, what was I feeling in the third inning? Or was I present because she might've been somewhere else. So I think the more you can ask probing questions that like prompt, you know, mindfulness and an awareness is huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Good. And then you brought up another good thing. I mean, you've said that. a lot of amazing things, Katie, but one other thing that I think ugh, sometimes if we're not aware can, can be hard. So as parents, when we watch our daughters perform and a lot of what we're seeing maybe hits on things that we, you know, are struggling with or where we're like, oh, we're embarrassed or, you know, things like that. So what do we do with that? When we're like, Oh man, I'm noticing. And this is bringing up feelings of maybe when I was younger and I struggled with the same thing. Yeah. I don't really know what my question is there, but I'm just throwing that back to you. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 No, I, I love, I think I, yeah, I think I understand where you're going with that. And I, I love that because I think when it comes to mental health and mindset and high performance, there's definitely not like a one size fits all. So I think like, even in today's podcast, like yeah. take what resonates, leave what doesn't. And like, it's not going to work for everyone, but I think it's, It's similar to, you know, when we talk to our athletes about like having a bounce back strategy Mm -hmm. or like when you make an error, like you may like how to kind of come back. So I think as a parent, it's like, what anchors you in that moment? So like, you're noticing like you're embarrassed or like, you're so triggered by something the coach did. Okay. So are you the type of person that needs to kind of get out of their head? So now you're just going to like, start really cheering for the team and just start mingling and socializing. Or are you the parent that's like, I need to go on a walk right? And like, take a deep breath and come back into my body. Or are you the parent that wants to like sit with it for a little bit and get more curious of like, okay, I'm so triggered. Well, this reminds me of my high school coach. Oh, this reminds me of, oh my God, this one time dad said this to me and said, you know, put me down and then, you know, okay, I'm good now. I'm safe. Oh, like, let it go. Right. So I think whatever resonates for you, but yeah, I think any, it, the ultimate goal is to just come back to the present moment, right? Because anytime we're triggered or activated, it's, it's our body having a reaction
1: to, to our history. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> reaction to our history. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. We could just go into like a therapy session right here, Katie. Oh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Cause I, I was watching my daughter, Charlie play soccer the other day. And I was like, what? I I started, I don't know. She was like, I felt like not giving a hundred percent work ethic. And then, well, at one point, I mean, she's like four, she's like late on the, the field. And I'm like, I know I about marched out there like in the mid game and picked her up. And I was like, wait, this probably isn't good. Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to, it's yeah. Already going to be a great, interesting and, and enlightening journey. I think for me.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. I know our kids are definitely like our spiritual teachers. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been really great so far. Can you tell parents where they can find you? It sounds like, even, you know, resources for themselves, but also for their daughters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm website, katiecheedle.com. I'm mostly on Instagram at katie Cheadle. My One of my interns just got me on TikTok, katie oh. underscore cheedle, which is a new development. And then I wanted to, I'm going to send you a video that I made of like my five favorite mindfulness practices for athletes that maybe we can send to your community, but yeah, website, Instagram, you can find me there.
1: Yeah. Great. That'll be awesome. I'll link that in the show notes as well. So awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Katie, again, for being here. I have learned a lot and I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. Yep. This was a blast. Thanks, Brie. Yeah. All right, moms. Remember your daughter's mental game is her biggest competitive advantage. Thanks so much for listening moms. Now don't forget to head over to trainhergame.com to check out that free training for sports mom. This is the training where we break down exactly what you can say and do to help your daughter come back from those mistakes, release the pressure, flip her negative mindset so that she can stop being overly critical of herself and play to her potential. Let's ditch this not knowing what to say dilemma for good and start getting your daughter to believe in herself as much as you do. Now that's at trainhergame.com. Go ahead and go there to choose your date and time and I'll see you there.